0: It's happy hour again, here on itsneworleans.com. Hi, I'm Grant Morris. Today, we're live at Pat O'Brien's on Bourbon Street in the middle of the French Quarter in New Orleans. Pat O'Brien's is known for many things, mainly though, it's the home of the hurricane, and that's why we're sitting here today, because we're... I don't know if "celebrating" is the right word. The beginning of hurricane season. Would you say "celebrating" is an appropriate word? Anybody around the table here? No, why not? We're, we're, acknowledging.
1: Acknowledging. We're, we're acknowledging. Acknowledging.
0: Acknowledging. Acknowledging. We're acknowledging the beginning of hurricane season. June, the first six months of dread, and horror, and watching the weather forecast starts June 1st. And to celebrate with us and to acknowledge with us, Jack Locke is back. One of our favorite musicians here in New Orleans. Hi, Jack. Hello. The owner of Pat O'Brien's herself, Charlie Waggersback, is joining us. Hello. Hello and Robert Fogarty, the founder of evacuee.org. Hey. And the guy who's responsible for all these photos of people with handwriting on their yeah. hands. Dear New Orleans. And yeah. Dear New Orleans it's called. Yeah. And back in our studios, Mitch Foreman on the piano is playing our theme. Hi Mitch, how are you doing? He doesn't like to speak. He answers only by playing C, F, and G. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mitch, thanks. How are you? I'm very well. How are you guys doing? No, we're not too bad. We're uh, just waiting for the hurricanes to roll in. What's going on at your place? Uh, Anything out the this window? Week of any note? It's not that windy, so I guess we're in good shape. We're safe? Okay. Yeah, you are safe. Hey, so, shall we tell mean, us something about the hurricane? Because hurricanes, here in New Orleans, hurricanes used to be something that was fun. Before Katrina... The word hurricane was kind of synonymous with sort of a devil may care vibe in New Orleans, really, wasn't it? And it's typified by the drink, the hurricane.
1: Well, you, you're right. I mean, after the hurricane, people actually called our office and asked us if we were if we were going to change the name of this drink that's been around since the '40s. And um, we've had hurricanes hit here before, and there's never been any major connotation associated with the drink. So the answer was flat out no.
0: So people were actually serious? They thought because the hurricane was so devastating and changed the way we think about hurricanes in New Orleans (laughs) that you should change the name of the drink to something more light.
1: I kind of think that they were serious, the the ones that called. What kind of idiot
0: actually picks uh, up the phone and calls a bar? Well
1: we get a lot of calls in the office. You'd be very surprised.
0: Are you the person who has to deal with them?
1: We have well we have we have people we have a bunch of people in our offices and really anybody who picks up the phone Handles whatever situation is going on. If there's something major or something really great, I get it. <laughs>
0: so you get the, the bad and the good.
1: <laughs> I'm what the extreme.
0: Sort of, what sort of major things go wrong here?
1: You mean like with customers? Or well, well you get,
0: what sort of bad thing are you getting a call about?
1: We don't get too many negatives, fortunately. But you know, if somebody's food comes out too slow and they really are upset about it, or if they had to wait a long time in line. Or if they don't feel like enough liquor was in their drink or, you know, stuff like oh, that. Yeah. We, nothing major. Does that
0: happen? You don't feel enough liquor in their drinks down here?
1: No, not here. Is
0: it true that this bar serves more liquor than any bar in, the, in America?
1: Uh, that's what they tell us. It's actually, to be specific, it's per square foot. There are larger bars, okay. larger, you know, as far as the, um, the, the physical place, but as far as Per square foot, we do. So That's mu- what we're told. How much
0: liquor per square foot are we knocking back? Yeah,
1: I'm not telling you.
0: Oh, I can't. That's like a secret. That's like what's in Coca Cola. Yeah,
1: yeah, something like that.
0: But it's a lot.
1: We we do it. Yeah, we do. We sell a lot. <laughs> we buy truckloads of you know rum at a time, wow. and um, <laughs> and we we make the hurricanes in huge vats, and it, we it's the the system that we have here in in the bar is and re- restaurant is really amazing because we have lines kind of going all over the place with one central brain of where the hurricanes are and they're kind of like shot to all the different bars so we can get the speed out without each drink being made individually. Well, it's quite you a know. science.
0: What's yeah. in, what's in the when, Robert? When's the last time you had a hurricane?
2: Probably last month. Oh, just last month. Yeah, we usually bring visitors. bados as a regular stop when friends from out of town are in.
0: And you still have one, even though you've been living here for quite a while. What's that? You still have a hurricane, even though you're not a tourist anymore. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's kind of uh, breaking bread, so to speak. Everybody gets a hurricane. Yeah.
1: It's a ritual. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How many have you had in a row?
2: I try and stay away from too many consecutively. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have you ever had more than one?
3: (laughs) (laughs) You don't Uh, don't remember. Yeah. You don't remember. (laughs) I
2: don't know. I would say... not consecutively. No, no, no that's what it's big. Twice. They're big. Look at that. I mean, I guess we're on the radio. You can't see it, but there's one right next to us, and it's quite big.
1: That's
0: huge. How much? Well, how big is it?
1: 24 ounces.
0: And how much liquor is in it?
1: Four ounces of rum and four ounces of, of a hurricane passion fruit mix. So it's Which is also strong. alcohol. No, the passion, no, fruit, passion fruit, mix fruit mix is, is not alcohol. Non-alcoholic drink mix.
0: So the only alcohol in it is four ounces of rum. Is that four ounces a lot, Jack? Well, you would know that, right? Because uh, you wear it <clears> like in pot. You know right. it's, uh, it's a, it's enough it. to get it
4: done. It's enough to get it done. If you're looking to get what? it done.
0: that's Four ounces of rum. It doesn't seem like a lot, four ounces, does it? But it it it's enough is. to get you totally possible. Yeah,
1: it is. Well, on some people. I remember I was working in the piano lounge when I was you know, in college, and one of those famous wrestler people came in, and he was in the middle of the lounge. and It's in the middle of the day, and he had two hurricanes, and he had to be carried out.
0: Wow, and he's like it, a big,
1: giant guy. He was like one of those big guys. Who carried him? One of the waiters. He was with a, some a lady. I don't know if it was his wife or a girlfriend or whatever. But he was one of those famous ones, like Hulk, Hulk Hogan. Hulk. I'm not saying that it was Hulk, but Something it was somebody like big famous like that.
0: Do you get a lot of famous people here? I would imagine at this bar. We do. It's a huge we do. Tourist Brad
1: stop. Pitt came through a couple of weeks ago, and did um, he have a hurricane? No, he just kind of he got out of his limo here on Burma Street. This is what they told me on the floor. Of course, they come to my office and tell me after the fact. All right. But he gets out of his limo <laughs> here in the restaurant and just continues to go through. He just wanted to see what it looked like, apparently, and then got back in the limo on Saint Peter.
0: Well, how famous! So, that?
1: but we do get a lot of a lot of famous people here.
0: Do you get to meet them? Or yeah. Most, they, of them be, Most of them come at so night. They don't want to be. Most of them come at night. So you're not here at, at a, night. I'm,
1: I'm here mostly during the day. Yeah, I do remember Bob Hope came a long time ago, and that was just really funny because he he was a hold, <laughs> and that, he was sitting on the patio having a drink.
0: That's pretty good, Bob Hope. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, how did you get here, Robert? You moved to New Orleans.
2: I did. Uh, I was a senior in college in 2005, so I watched the storm from uh, Eugene, Oregon, and just I guess I'm part of the crew of uh, young folks who moved after the storm. And For what reason? Uh, I joined a national service program called AmeriCorps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like your first, first gig out of school. So uh, that's how I got here, by, by chance.
0: Was it by chance they sent you here?
2: Uh, yeah, I had a, a choice of uh, a few different communities on the Gulf Coast. Okay, you could have uh, gone to so, yeah. Mississippi somewhere. And mm-hmm, but the New Orleans uh, job was really enticing, so I came here. Wow!
0: And what was your actual job? What were you supposed I to do? I worked for
2: Ray Nagin for three years. Oh, uh, so my. Well, now okay, opened, we won't hold that opened. against you.
4: <laughs> yeah, no. we've opened an interesting <laughs> yeah, door. Yeah, yeah,
2: now. yeah. No, I mean, it,
4: <laughs> just see the love light in Grant's uh-huh, eyes.
2: Yeah, right <laughs> Ray Nagin. <there you> <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what did you do for Ray? I was his volunteer and intern coordinator for two years. So, and then I was a community aide for the last year of my time in the mayor's office. So, so you uh, actually, a kid from Nebraska who moved here, calling New Orleans New Orleans. You know, I was answering mm-hmm. phones in City Hall people were saying like my first week on the job they're like you're not from here are you and i was like <laughs> no ma'am i'm not but they would always say baby you're not from here are you <laughs> i'm like no
0: so you went straight you got off the plane from nebraska uh
2: i got uh i drove i drove but okay. you, but yeah for all intents and purposes got out of the car from nebraska i got out got of, in the
0: car what car did you drive
2: here uh uh it's a black Hatchback '98 Honda Civic that I still have to this still day. Still got it. Yeah, that's a good.
1: That's, a, that's an interesting question, Grant. What kind of car did you drive? No, I was Were you visiting you know? like some kind of <laughs> I don't like know. I college thought maybe, kid kind of thing? Yeah,
2: yeah. well, that is yeah. a college kid kind of car, isn't it? It is, and I've had it packed <laughs> to the brim with everything I, I owned and
0: moved to New Orleans. What did you have in there? Any musical instruments?
2: I'm not musically inclined Nothing. whatsoever. No. Did you bring any of those Black Magic markers? That was uh, th- three years before that idea ever hatched. You didn't you know, have that so idea no. at the point,
0: so you're not like hooked on magic markers or no. uh, <laughs> some sort of a weird smell thing with those. No. They do smell good, though, though. The magic they markers, they
2: right? do, they do, they do. That's why I wondered yeah. if
0: you got into that, but we'll get into that in a minute. So you yeah. got in the car, the Honda, the black car, the Honda Civic, <laughs> yeah. in Nebraska. Uh,
2: well, y- yeah, I, I did stop through Nebraska on my way down.
0: All right, where are you from?
2: From Nebraska, but I was ah. I was you know wasn't living uh, in Omaha at that time. But so you're yeah. from Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. See, I don't even have an, any clue what that looks like.
0: Do you guys have you been to Omaha, Nebraska?
4: Closest I've been is Des Moines, Iowa. Is that I'm anywhere good. near it? I have no idea. I think it's like a state <laughs> over. Maybe it's one state. One, one state, state over. over. All All right, thank east. God, I got it right.
0: <laughs> okay. <close. laughs>
1: have you been no. there? Do
0: you know what it looks like?
1: Nebraska. Yeah. I um I roomed with a girl in at Tulane who was from Nebraska. There we go. Her name was Annabeth.
0: Do you know her? No. No.
1: <laughs> she's, mu- she's much older than you.
0: How old are you? I'm 27. 27? 27. That's, that's young. So you're just out of school for like three years or whatever still. Four years.
2: Uh, I, yeah. Four. I would have graduated. I walked in 2006. So. Uh. Well,
0: that's just recently. So you, this is the first thing you've ever done then is you got in the car. Pretty went, much. Stopped I, I'm, in I'm, Omaha to see the a, folks on your a, way out.
2: There's a quick... Quick failure in New York City that preempted the the Did movement. you say?
0: Did you say failure?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you know.
0: Did you say failure though, or did I think you said? Failure? I said failure. yeah. Failure.
2: Failure. Well, you don't think you're going to just say that? I'm not going to ask you what that was. Oh, is the that my first actual job was in New York what, City what out it? of college?
0: What was the failure?
2: Uh, I was a recruiter for guys who wanted to work in the banks. And it just was not exactly. A recruiter
0: for guys who want to work in banks is not even a real job. I know. <laughs> you've like got a charmed life. How do you get a job recruiting people to work in a bank when you've never worked in a bank?
2: Pretty wild, especially a yeah. 22-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: are you like a really super convincing salesperson? I don't know. That's the right answer. A recruiter I guess to yes. work
4: in the bank? Is, are banks like the military up there or something? Because I've never heard of that.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, they call maybe them, I'm just provincial, but I mean,
4: you know. they call Isn't them head headhunters. Something? So oh, okay. you
2: know, guys, yeah, yeah. If you place a guy in a bank, you get to take a percentage of their first year salary, or if it's a project,
4: sounds lucrative. It was a hard, <laughs> hard,
2: hard, hard job. You know, have you ever seen Boiler Room? Uh, nah, nah. It's uh, a yeah. it's, it's a movie. A, yeah, it's it's imagine a lot of guys uh, working towards uh, every day of just having a bigger number at the bottom of the spreadsheet. You know, it was kind of a tough. Wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. So wasn't I mean, much fun. So that's how I picked up and said I got to do something completely different and that was how I got to New
0: Orleans. Can't say I blame you. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you you wanted to be a corporate guy.
2: I wanted to live in New York and see what it was like. Right. I mean, you know, and that just happened to be the, the gig that I got.
0: Did you feel like you'd failed at that time?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, you quit your first job out of college. It's kind of a big, you know. You f- did
0: you feel bad about yourself? Like, I'm really screwed up here and I'm... <laughs> I'm a loser, and <laughs> all my college friends are doing something, and I'm, oh, yeah, I'm nobody.
2: Of course, there's course personal reflection on all that kind of so stuff. So
0: what were you thinking on the drive down here?
2: I was just excited to be a part of, uh, you know, back back fact, you know, we're in the throes of recovery at that point. So yeah, that so was,
0: thank God there was a major hurricane, so you had something to do. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you'd know, be sitting there in New York worrying about what the hell to do next.
2: Perhaps. No,
0: I'm sure so. I'm sure, <laughs> have, I'm sure there would have been another storm or something, earthquake. But is that, was that a coincidence? I mean obviously. Did this mm-hmm. when when this, the, you you quit the job and then there was the, Katrina?
2: No, no, no. So so the storm happened in my senior year of college.
0: Oh ah, okay. So before
2: you before you were a Yeah, yeah. Oh. And then I, yeah. But I had I had taken an interest of course from afar, as yeah. most of America. did. So you have
0: to go do some work here? I need to tell them what we're doing. Uh, Okay. So yeah. That's pretty. So you, did you know you were going to go work for the mayor when you came here?
2: Uh that's what I why I decided to pick, you know, I thought it was going to be a really wild experience to go work for the mayor of New Orleans. Uh Did
0: you know before you got in the car and drove here that everybody hated him?
2: Uh yeah. Uh well, you yes. know, in 2007, his, you know, his approvals we're not as bad as by the time he left in 2010. But yeah, you know, but I, knew that, I already, knew that he was a controversial political figure. That was where
0: he already won the election after the yeah, hurricane. So yeah, nobody yeah. could believe that he was the mayor again. And we, everyone was shocked and horrified. And mm-hmm. we'd made a huge mistake. And Mitchell Andrew hadn't done a big enough job of trying to be mayor. And, and now we had Negan again.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you Well, knew all well that. as politics go, I must say, you know, uh, he won the election. Oh, he did so, win fair and square. So, so there's, there's, yeah. there's actually more people that wanted him than not. You know, I don't know if anyone. How did he? <laughs> I'm not advocating. I don't what know. I don't,
0: I don't know how how anyone ever explained that he won that election. How did he explain it? Did he just think he was more popular than, than
2: everybody else? Oh, I never had a lot of conversations with the Mayor. You didn't? No, I was, I was really, <laughs> really low, 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 low. He
1: people. That's what I was getting ready to say. That's okay. What? He- well, if you, yeah, if y'all remember. During that time, um, they were either busing people in, not to get too, you know.
0: Let's not off, get too uh, down there. Road. Road. Yeah, you but they were busing Megan, in people. But why not? His book is coming out. His book is coming
1: yeah. out. <laughs> oh jeez. Um, <laughs> and then they and then they allowed people to vote from other, they, you know, they people in Atlanta could come in and vote, and they, it was all it was oh, crazy. If you were, if you were living so
0: outside of New Orleans because your you house is being destroyed. Vote. Yeah. yeah, that well we all felt pretty compassionate about that.
1: Yeah. I think times were different then and we everybody was still, you know, had a little bit of confidence still in in what was going on, but quickly realized that we needed much more than what we were getting.
4: Yeah. Well I'm wondering how many people just voted for him because they wanted to see what he would say next. <laughs>
2: oh
1: <laughs> might be. <laughs>
2: So anyway. It was a great he, it was a wild, wild experience. So that's that's yeah. It was, so, and he was
0: still the mayor when we had uh, when we had the next Hurricane Gustav. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was
2: that's how I was I was working for him.
0: So you were working for that. him then, and that's when you came up with this idea about evacutear.org. Yeah. How what tell first of all tell us what evacuateair.org is.
2: Yeah, so evacuateier.org, you know, evacuation plus volunteer is kind of the hybrid Arca-tier. of the word. Uh, we 're a nonprofit organization now that has trained five hundred citizens each of the past two hurricane seasons to assist should we ever have to you know evacuate the city again and, and uh, more specifically the thirty thousand residents of our city who don 't have access to a car so the city now has a plan uh, which we didn 't in two thousand and five uh, to to evacuate our, our our folks who you know our high-service industry employees who take public transit, uh, who, who if we had to evacuate, wouldn't have access to their own personal vehicle. So there's a plan now, and we just uh, we recognize that uh, the plan looks really good um, on the government side, but it can look a lot better with some citizens engaged and helping out. So I was the volunteer coordinator in 2008 down at the bus terminal when we moved 20,000 people with this plan in two days before Hurricane Gustav, so... Just a series of fortunate events. You coordinated that for the city at the time. I coordinated the, volun- the volunteer effort on the ground at the bus terminal. What yeah.
0: actually happened then? How do you? How did they get all those people out there?
2: So there's 17 pickup points throughout the city. Uh, they're predetermined and defined, you know, uh, and they're based, you know, neighborhood based and uh, category three or higher storm uh, upon a declaration of the whoever's the mayor. Um, so if we had to do it this summer, the the mayor would get on the radio and say we have to leave and. Uh, we're going to activate the city-assisted evacuation plan, and if you don't have access to a car, please report to one of these pickup points. And then those pick- you get on a bus, and then you go down to the Union Passenger Terminal, which is by day the Amtrak and Greyhound Station, and then from there you're on a more of an over-the-road coach to a state or regional shelter. So, yeah. And there's 30,000 of us. Sorry, Shelley, what were you going to say?
1: Can... can can those people who are getting on the buses decide which what is going to be their destination? No, nope. or it's random.
2: Nope. yeah, it's kind of this is an evacuation of last resort, so they got to kind of play by the rules mm-hmm. of. Uh, it is stressed. that, you know this is kind of the last thing, so there's not a lot of choice. You can't say oh, I'm going to Mem- or I'd like to go to Memphis or I'd like to go to Knoxville or whatever. You're New York City, going. right? Want to go to? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So give me someplace good. <laughs> Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so,
0: what? So what, what? What's your role in all that? Because that's all the city, right? That's so, all put so, on by the city or the state. The or city,
2: the state, and the federal government um, fund and execute the plan, of course. Uh, where we come in is uh, instead of having just an NOPD officer out at one of the pickup points during the evacuation, you're going to have a group of about, you know, in each of these situations, uh, neighborhood association presidents, uh, w- willing and capable evacuees out there providing information, registering you. Uh, telling you what the next step in the process is. So uh, more than anything, brokering communication. And you've trained a thousand of these people now. Well, we we scrub the list every summer, um, but yeah, five hundred each of the past two years.
0: That was why I came up with the thousand figure.
2: Yeah, y- you could say we've trained a thousand, but I, we don't say that we have a thousand on. Wow. On, on deck and ready because you know some people have moved or they're not they're not in the situation to be able to so do it every year.
0: If somebody, w- are you training another 500 this season? Yeah, we season? we hope
2: to have you know our goal is to get from June to to peak hurricane season, so about the second week of August to have that 500 number trained and ready to go for peak hurricane season.
0: And what uh, what the training entail? What do I have to do?
2: Yeah, you'd, well, first you would go to evacuetear.org dot org and uh, yeah. sign up, and then it's a three hour training. That's uh, it. Yep,
0: it's not too arduous,
2: and uh, we'll put you on our, our list. And what? But what do I have to do with the training? though? what am I? What am I doing? Well, the first portion of the training is uh, an overview of the city assisted evacuation plan, and the roles of uh, evacuees within that. The Second part is uh, uh, Red Cross comes in and does personal hurricane preparedness because if you're not prepared yourself, you're you know it's your detriment. I shouldn't say detriment, but it's you know if you're thinking about your own stuff. Right. Uh, perhaps you're a net negative uh, to, to the plan. So there's a there's a personal hurricane preparedness. And third, if you're lucky, uh, we show you how to eat an MRE.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: An Emory? MRE. MRE.
0: MRE.
2: Uh, meals ready.
1: Yeah. I thought, how you, I yeah. thought it was um,
0: Emory board to do your nails with. I
1: thought I thought you pronounced it someplace <laughs> different, some some way, some other way. Uh, Is it Emory?
0: M- M- MRE. That's how you. That's the Nebraska version.
2: Yeah, perhaps. How
0: would you say it?
4: I
1: thought it was. How it, they say it on the North Shore. I don't know. Is it MRI? That's or that's. No, that's something
4: they haven't done what to your it, body, um, Jack. What, what
0: are you is you? it
1: called?
4: Uh, it's called good eating when
0: you're that. No. <laughs> <laughs> we all got them. They had them out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The little brown box of the brown bags. things. Yeah.
1: yeah. It has the number three in it, doesn't it? <laughs> I
0: don't know. MRE. It's Meals Ready to Eat. It's an army thing. You remember we all had them after Katrina and yeah. they were giving boxes away down on Airline Highway and yeah. they that horrible cans of water and everything? Mm-hmm. And you yeah. had the Sterno just thing. and Yeah,
2: the silver cans. And, yeah. Say, oh, that water. Purified water. <laughs> that was so disgusting. <laughs> like have you, have you tried coming.
0: drinking that water? Yeah. Even my dog wouldn't drink that water. <laughs> I swear to God he wouldn't. <laughs>
2: They are so, high high carbohydrate meal. You know they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're uh, the uh, obviously as you okay. said for the military. You know they're high high yeah. high uh, high calorie. High. So that's
0: part of my training is that I get to learn how to rip this well, stuff off, this and put well, it. Well, you the know, you got, they have the cat- idea, the, the
2: catalyzing agent. You know, there's some people who've never eaten an MRE. It's good to go through that process of, you yeah. know, there's some sort of weird chemical that you have to put in the thing and shake it up, and, you know, it's participatory training. Yeah, that's good. Uh-huh. So, so you're in so
0: you're in with the army on this thing and the city and the feds mm-hmm. and everybody. Yeah. And you just dreamt this up because you did it yourself.
2: Well, we dreamt it up because we had a, a really incredible experience in 2008. And the Gustav disaster. Uh, so it was kind of, uh, well... Let's not put the utter fear that I had the night before that event, not really knowing what was going on. Uh, so you came the person from personal came. experience, yeah. from
0: what, your own feelings, not from your job as a coordinator. No, yeah. I stumbled into it. Right. So, that's, so you're the kind of – see, there's, a, there's two people, kinds of people in the world. There's the rest of us. And then there's people who see a problem and actually do something about it. I mean, most people just go, geez, that sucked. I really hated that whole Gustav thing, and I felt terrible, and I'm, <laughs> I was scared and anxious, and I'm glad it's all over. And they, you know, get on with their lives. But you actually did something. That's what sets you apart from the rest of us.
1: That's great. We need a lot of people like you. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are mm-hmm. crazy. No, it's just...
0: Do people appreciate... Are people appreciative of
2: what you're I've doing? I've been, like, yeah, super blessed with lots of, lots of positive, positive stuff. So it's been, a, it's been a good run, you know?
1: I think that people with things like this. I think people generally are very appreciative. Probably when you when you tell people what you do, they say, "Wow, that's really great! Thanks so much for putting that together." Like this weekend, we did a graffiti cleanup here in the French Quarter through FQBA, and we're taking stickers off of poles and everything. And people actually, tremendous amount of people actually stopped us from you know stopped us on the street and said, "Thank you so much! This is great!" So it really kind of renews your. Your your spirit and your faith in people that they really do care. If you
0: actually do something yeah. to help your community, it it does make a difference.
1: And if people tell you thanks. And they, when we right. finished doing that, the peop- our, our group, we had probably about 40 or 50 volunteers doing it. But um, after we finished, we were all talking about how great it is for people to even acknowledge that we're doing it and thank us. But, you know, I said, well, that's why when I usually come across a service person or somebody in uniform or, you know, something like that. I usually tell them, hey, thanks for you know, sticking up for us right. or thanks for doing this. And I think they appreciate it, pro- I'm sure, even more than our little graffiti cleanup.
0: Is it good for chicks? The chicks dig it?
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
2: yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. If y'all Is could it? just see his face on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been
0: good in that sense as well, personal sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Jack? Are you, are you still single?
4: Uh No. I have not been single for quite a while. <laughs> and that, how did
0: you how did you meet your girlfriend?
4: That's kind of a really boring story. Do you Is it really? really it wasn't by it? being a musician and being super <laughs> No, handsome. it was not at all. Really, <laughs> she Is didn't it? even know I was a musician when we. Uh, that's why she fell in love with you, why, right? Probably. Yeah. so. What happened when and she then found then, out? <laughs> it was like, well, it's too late now. You're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing musically now? Um, playing. Still doing the sick like Sinatra thing. Still doing my own thing of Jack Lock Rock. Yes, Jack Lock Rock, and I've done a couple of solo shows here and there. And uh, okay. also recently started a 1950s band, which uh, oh. is bringing in most of the money. Oh, that's what imagine. actually
0: pays. Yeah, that is. And what what you wear you dress up like in the tuxedo or yeah, something the and like tuxedo vests and all that kind of and stuff. What sort of and, stuff? Because you, your voice would suit that. Oh I well, thank you.
4: Uh, Elvis Presley, Bill Haley, Buddy Holly, Little Richard, that kind of stuff. Rock and mm. roll.
0: Rock like old fifties rock and roll stuff. Right,
4: nineteen fifty to
0: nineteen sixty-five. Hey, we want to play something for us. Uh, yeah, it sure. doesn't have to be a 50s song. Okay. <laughs> unless could. you want to do one. Uh, I could. I don't what know. know. What do you Pop
4: feel? Like? Log, we'll figure it
1: out. Okay. Yeah,
0: we got we got you know plenty of time. Twenty seconds or something.
1: Should we sing along? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's That's good good idea. Clap sure. our hands. Stomp yeah. our
0: feet. Right, yeah. What the hell? I'll do a 50s song for you. <laughs> hey.
4: Okay.
0: What the hell? I love that. That's okay. What do you need? Something special. Ah, I see. Equipment. So, yes, you can.
1: Well, that'll
5: be the day When you say goodbye Yes, that'll be the day When you make me cry You say you're gonna leave You know it's a lie when I die Well you give me all your Loving and your turtle ty- All your hugs and kisses And your money too Well you sit and hold me And you tell me boldly that somewhere someday Well I'll be blue Well that'll be the day When you say goodbye yes That'll be the day When you make me cry You say you're gonna leave You know it's a lie cause that'll Day when I die. Well, that'll be the day when you say goodbye. Yes, that'll be. When you make me cry You say you're gonna leave You know it's a lie Cause that'll be the day When I die, well When Cupid his start He it at your heart So if we ever part and I leave you You sit and hold me And you tell me boldly That someday, well I'll be through, well That'll be the day When you say goodbye, yes That'll be the day Make me cry. You say you're gonna leave. You know it's a lie, cuz that'll be the day when I die. Well, that'll be the day. Ooh, ooh That'll be the day. Ooh, ooh, that'll be the day. Ooh, ooh, that'll, be the day. Ooh, ooh, that'll be the day.
3: Yeah! Yeah!
0: I never thought I'd hear you do some sort of old 50s song like that. Or well, wait till they hear the rest of your uh, weird stuff. No kidding. That was really, really
4: awesome. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you very great. much. Of all the things
0: that you know, we can do that yeah, you've done it and you run this giant business here and you've got this whole s- social change thing going on, just imagine being able to pick up a guitar and sing like that. Wouldn't that just be the best?
1: Mm-hmm. The best. To be able <laughs> to yeah. sing and dance would be just incredible. You can dance too, you can dance, right? right? I
0: can yes, dance yes. yes. he's, he's got a dance troupe.
1: Yeah, Really? Yeah, tell them. Swing dancer. The what do you do?
4: Oh, uh, it's uh, it, it's actually pretty dirty. It's called "Sick Like Sinatra." We do a uh, 1980s style, really raunchy, risque <laughs> music. Uh, lots of theatrical stuff. It's really more of a theatrical thing than than a musical thing. Most of it's pre-recorded, and we just uh, you know, all sorts of. It's choreographed. Dance it's a choreographed. Moves. Choreographed. Fair. Very choreographed. Yeah.
1: So wait, I'm confused. Do you go to venues to do this with a live audience, or it's uh, we, all recorded? We
4: do. Uh, well, yeah, it's it's pre-recorded. We uh, we the do mus- the, the music. Is the music is pre-recorded, except for oh, like dance. the guitar parts and maybe one or two vocal parts. But uh, yeah, the rest of it is all pre-recorded. It's all about just the stage show. That one.
1: How fun! Where yeah. do where do you do it? Where do you where uh, where, do show? wherever
4: we can really? Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, we've got one tomorrow at Hi Ho Lounge at nine o'clock. No, ten o'clock. We're going to be playing with the Storyville Starlets. They're going to be doing their burlesque thing. Is this the show that has? It's going to have strippers. Uh, yes, that's the
0: one. I'd, I see you saw that. I posted on Facebook. It on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You said that your mom would be very proud of she you. She would be extremely proud. Yeah. <laughs> you Except that she would it. be. <laughs> right. I she, finally made it. Is she still with us? <laughs> uh, yes. And she lives in Marrero? Yes. And does she I, come out
4: to any shows? No, she hasn't been to a show since I was like 21, I think. <laughs> is she, well, now you're doing
0: the 50s stuff. She might be able to do that. Yeah, go out, yeah. Right?
4: my pop's been to one of the 50s. One. He was actually at the first one that we did uh, in December with that. But uh, that band's called the Nola Troublemakers. Uh, look it up if you like fifties. <laughs> that's a good name, Nola Troublemakers. Yeah.
0: And are you going to do like convention stuff and all that sort of thing? Uh, we're doing whatever we money? can.
4: We've done the we did the Italian Fest that they had in uh, Kenner, uh, what about a month ago? Well, that's two so funny ago.
0: because these guys don't know. We'll have. We'll, we'll get you to play another song in a minute. But um, <laughs> the stuff that Jack Nolly does is, I mean, sick is probably a pretty good word for it. Dark, <laughs> I think, would be another good word. Right. Challenging, perhaps. <laughs> Have you been kicked out
4: of a lot I've of places? I've been kicked out of a few places for my show, yeah, the solo set. I've never been kicked out for the rock act, which is like I'm dancing and singing crazy stuff. Everybody likes that. I do the solo stuff where I guess you can actually hear what I'm saying. And they're like, "Oh, that's that's a little too much for us. Get out of here." And
0: <laughs> it's scary. It's great. It's well, no, I love it too. I, want to hear I, th- that. Mitch, I know, can't yeah, wait to Mitch, hear it. I agree. Mitch, we're going to have you play something. Hey, maybe we should have Mitch play something for us now. What do you think? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I got got one thing that's a little dirty. Okay. (laughs) Uh, i as clean
5: as they come over here.
0: What do you Uh, got for us? I
5: got a song by Rogers and Hart called Spring is Here. Okay. Mitch (laughs) Foreman.
0: Rogers and Hart, what's the name of the song? Spring is here. Spring is here. Well, actually, summer is here, by the way. Ah, I'm a season Spr- behind. S- Spring is gone. <laughs> Where did you first hear that song, Mitch?
5: Um, a million years ago, I think I heard Bill Evans play it a long time.
0: You Evans. heard Bill Evans actually play that live? I believe so. Wow. Where are you playing these days, by the way? Me? Yeah.
5: Oh, I've been working on a few uh, recording projects never forget the German fusion German
0: project. fusion yeah. German fusion record how's the German fusion record going it's
5: good it's very uh,
0: it's good it's good, it's it's good. so they have here they have piano playing here shall right you have the they have two grand pianos facing each other we like do like interlocking
1: they yes they we used to call them dueling pianos but some other piano bar places have taken over that kind of phrase so we just say
0: they stole it huh? they stole it
1: <laughs> um so, yeah, we, we have two piano players, and they play together. And our lounge is like I clap your hands, stomp your feet, get into the music, sing and give requests and things like that. So it, it's a lot of fun. It's different than the other ones. And actually, we were the first place to do that kind of entertainment. It, yeah,
0: who would have ever thought of having two grand pianos facing each other? Yeah, yeah. Who did think of that? Your, your family somewhere back in the
1: that, early it, days? It would have been my grandpa and Charlie Cantrell those two because pat o'brien pat o'brien opened the bar in 33 down the street from where our location is right now and then in 1942 pat o'brien charlie cantrell bought the building that the bar is in housed right now and then my grandpa started working for the um for them right after that so he was a general manager and then of course my dad started working when he was old enough and then of course i started working for the company when i was old enough
0: and somehow your dad got to be an owner, like a part owner of the thing.
1: Yeah, my dad and grandpa bought it in the eighties. So, that, was, so
0: your family owns it outright. Yes. And so you own this business.
1: My dad and I. Uh, you, yes.
0: You and your dad own the most popular bar and the icon, most iconic bar in, in New Orleans, in a city of bars. We, uh, we, we. That's so cool.
1: We have a lot of awesome people that work for us, and it, it actually is a very big company. And I, I don't, I don't want to get into the details because, really, the most important thing is that you come here and you have fun. You eat great yeah. food. You have a hurricane. You have a really good time, um, but we have a lot of aspects to our business that a lot of people don't know, like private parties and a bottling plant, and we have some franchises and things like that. So it really is a large corporation um, that's a family-owned business, which it, it the people who work for us appreciate that and realize that fact, and because we do have a family atmosphere to. Not only the folks that work in the office, but the people that work on the floor, too. So it's great.
0: How many Pedro O'Briens are there now?
1: We have a, one in uh, Universal Studios and one in San Antonio, right above the Riverwalk. So, so there's is um, two more? We, we have two. Is there one
0: in Destin, Florida, or is it
1: that one closed? That's
0: closed. Yeah, we had one in Cancun,
1: one? we had one in Destin, we had one in Memphis, and those closed.
0: Do they close because people don't get it in other country in other parts of the country? It doesn't work.
1: No, or actually, Cancun was op- Can- Cancun was our first one. We opened that one in 1990, and it just closed last year. The biggest reason Cancun closed was well, they were hit with the swine flu, and I mean, it's all stuff that we all know. The swine, the swine flu. flu I totally didn't know. Swine flu totally devastated Can- Cancun's uh, wow. tourist business. And then, um, then the economy. The, the 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 What about la- people being? What about
0: people shooting each other over drugs? That's Does that an issue have now. To do with it? You know,
1: we got to the point where last year we were like, "You've been through so much, and it's been, it's gonna, it, you know, it's a struggle for you people or you guys." But it got to the point where you know, it's people are concerned for safety. I mean, I think it's okay now. that They've cleaned it up. Is Possib- it? Well, I hadn't heard
0: that. I thought they well, just found a mass grave well, with twenty-eight well. headless people in it.
1: Well, I'm try. Well, possibly. <laughs> Maybe that's well, not. That's a that's, hell of a maybe. I might. Yeah. Have, maybe I. Maybe yeah. I
0: dreamed that. I don't know. But. No,
1: but um, and, and the other locations just had Destin. Destin, Destin, Destin the same opened. thing with the
0: mass graves. Yeah. <laughs> right?
1: a fish. <laughs>
0: um, oh, man. That yeah, was a huge no. place in Destin. You drive into Destin, there's that giant Pat O'Brien's thing on the right-hand side. Yeah,
1: right? we were in the same what? place as uh, Chameleon Grill and Commander's Palace. So they were trying to do like a little New Orleans kind of thing. But, again, it, it opened right at, the right, right at the wrong time. Right so, when the whole place, real estate thing, thing. Yeah. crashed over there. So, you know, it is what it is. Things happen for a reason. So it, we're fine. We're Our Orlando location is doing great. San Antonio is doing great. And we'll open another franchise if the time is right and the place is right and
0: Do you when you say franchise, do you own them? Do you and does somebody franchise it like Burger King and they kind of like they that. own it. Yeah. So, someone, so you, have the, to, you yeah, don't yeah. have to run them. You're not going down there and running the one.
1: They're all the, the, the franchises are um independently owned. Right. So okay. they basically pay us a royalty fee, but we have a whole you know encyclopedia set of encyclopedias to, with rules and regulations, right. and they got to follow this. And you know, we we since it's an off, it's not here. We we need to and we want to have such. We want to have the consistency and the quality that we have here in New Orleans. So that's 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 our priority. You if don't it,
0: seem stressed out at all.
1: Me? Yeah. Why would I be stressed out? I'm Doesn't looking at you. I'm looking at you guys having a great conversation. I got a glass of wine. But it seems like it's I'm a good. really
0: big deal job to to own and it's, run this giant It
1: operation. is. It's a big company, but we have incredible people that work for us.
0: So can you go home at the end of the day and not worry about it?
1: Well, you always worry about it when it's, when, you know, when it's close to your heart. And the French Quarter and this place, Pat O'Brien's, is close to my heart. So you're, you know, you're always worried about it. But no, I have complete confidence in, in the people that, that work for us. Because the people who work for us are just as passionate as I am. Yeah, and it, that's great. You can. That's what make, makes a good business. Absolutely, it makes happy employees. It makes right. satisfied people. It makes for a great work environment. So. And working you
0: know, around booze, I suppose. Can they drink on the job here?
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely not. a no-no.
0: Really, that's you, no. You get fired that, for that.
1: That is so no good. Yeah, you can't do that.
0: Can't be drinking as a bartender uh-uh. at Pat O'Brien's. No. So who's playing the piano down there? Then what do you call them now? The two piano players. These would be two women piano players, right? Are we have two... a couple
1: of guys now. It goes through um, cycles. Sometimes we'll have a, a, a guy or two in there. Right now we have two guys. Uh, we just hired another guy um, a couple of weeks ago. But it's it's mostly women. Um, do they know have... each
0: other when they come here? Or are they both piano players? Or do you introduce them and say, here's your here's your piano playing partner?
1: Well, a lot of them know each other, as you know, through through the industry. Everybody we, knows each yeah, other. Yeah, everybody kind of knows each yeah. other. So you kind of know the name. You kind of know the face, personality, personality. For the most part, but sometimes somebody will send in a resume to come for a, for a no, they really do. Right, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> they send in a resume. They'll send in a tape, and um, wow. and they have an audition. But it's a really tough gig because it's not just like playing your own music in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. It's working the crowd. You got to make sure that everybody's having fun, everybody's clapping their hands, and into it. And the dynamic of that piano lounge is just really amazing. The, is, the chairs are really close together, and it's a really tight room. And at first you're a little intimidated because you're practically on somebody else's lap. But by the end, when it's After all said a and done, of and a you don't of- care. You're sharing <laughs> email addresses. You're high-fiving them. So it's, it, the dynamics is, is great, right. and everybody should experience it. It's so fun. It's,
4: it's sort of the difference between being a musician and being an entertainer.
1: They're definitely entertainers. A musician
4: is going to crash and burn out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you are
1: so right. And and our entertainers, and we call them entertainers because they truly are they're musicians at heart, and, right. and if they they can't, they, they do, and they, they play music very well, but they also have to have that extra... Oh, you
4: got to have charisma.
1: You have to have a <laughs> lot of charisma. And then we've had some people, you know, get up there, and they just, it's it's so intimidating to, to them because the crowd demands that, you know, you better put on a great show. Right. I'm expecting it. I came all the way from, whether it's Metairie or I came from Nebraska, um... You know, that we, we've now, heard the, all about this place. The
0: piano player is allowed to drink, though, right?
1: Nobody's allowed oh, to drink.
0: Oh, goodness. That's a bit rough. So, hey, listen, <laughs> you, you, you guys are both on Facebook, right? Shelley and Jack. Um, yes. Yeah. Have you noticed, do you notice that people started popping up on Facebook, their photos with writing on their hands? Absolutely. Various, various friends. Have you seen... You haven't seen that. I started. You haven't seen that. I have. I started seeing people on Facebook popping up with writing. All Scott Aegis was the first guy I saw. Works for the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage <coughs> Foundation, and he's a pretty normal guy. Very normal guy. Very very nice guy. And I see this photo of him on Facebook. I'm like, what the hell is Scott written on his hand? With something I don't know what it says. I love you, or I'm still here, or some weird thing. And then I saw someone else's with the writing on their on their hand on their arm or something. And I find out it's it, it's all you, Robert, that you've got all these people to write on their hands and, and you take their photo.
2: Yeah. And you call it Dear New Orleans. Dear New Orleans. What is that? Uh, it's my for-profit venture that gives back to Evacuteer. Uh Long story short, we started, we threw an end of hurricane season party, actually. It's called the Bye Bye Hurricane Season Party as our main fundraiser uh, for the year. And in our first one in 2009, we thought it would be Interesting. Uh, my buddy's a filmmaker and has a lot of gear and great lighting to have people write a love note to the city uh, on their hand and in kind of a photo booth type experience. And it was just a kind of a another stumbled into lightning in a bottle. All
0: right.
2: And I incorporated the, the, the business as Dear New Orleans uh, on the day I got our first real major grant rejection letter. <laughs> <for a vacuum laughs> chair. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, so, because I, I knew that the, the idea was sticky. if uh, Right. Uh, sticky it, meaning in a good, sti- good sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sticky in, like, in business senses, it, you know, it has traction. You know, and we, we, we saw that once. So, I just said, let's start. So, I just started going to bars and taking people's photograph and got some good breaks. Met Rita Benson LeBlanc. Stop, uh, then, stop right there. Yeah.
0: You go to a bar and you've got your magic, you got your black magic marker. Yeah,
2: and we have a key light and a backdrop. You do, yeah. What's yeah, a backdrop? Yeah. Just like a white thing. Just a uh, black, black backdrop. Black. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you step up to someone in a bar, like say down here at Paddo's, and you. Well, say... Well, we hey.
2: coordinate with the we coordinate with the venue, of course. Okay. First, Oh, you doing? You no, know, we don't. We just we can't roll in and like rogue <laughs> stuff. Okay. So so somebody <laughs> who owns a bar, bad.
0: like like Shelley, will say, "Yeah, yeah. it's okay for you guys to come down here." Yeah. So you set up your the, the, the backdrop. Yeah. You've got a couple <laughs> of lights. Yeah. And what do you do? You go up to people and say, "Hey."
2: We usually we, we have, have a usually have a. Friendly, awesome staffer that helps me out that has an iPad and shows some of our other work, you know, Drew Brees and Dr. John, you know, people's love notes to the city and you say, Hey, you want to write a love note to the city? You know? Uh, and th- yeah, it's kind of like a dance floor it gets going after people have had a few drinks and then by-, by the end of the night we have a line of people scribbling on themselves, their love to the city. And I think at the end of the day, it's because whether you're from here, whether you live here or whether you travel here, this place has a, a, a gear that most places don't have, so people want to... We just found an interesting way for people to express that. How did, uh, how did you get Dr. John and Drew Brees to do it? Well, the Drew Brees, uh, the Saints were sheer luck. We, we photographed Rita Benson, LeBlanc.
0: Right. How did you meet her? You said you at, met her.
2: At a, at a, she was at a random event that we were shooting, so then uh, we, we get everyone's email, of course, and we send in, so I sent Rita an email with her photographs, and I said, Hey, do you want to get drinks? With me and my buddies, so she was like, "Yeah, <laughs> you want to go have drinks? Come on." Yeah. Well, no, I mean, you know, it was it was awesome. So we got to hang out with Rita. Uh, a few months later, so the Saints are winning the Super Bowl. A few months after that, we're my buddy Ben gets a text from Rita saying, "You guys want to come to the ring ceremony and, and
1: work?" Oh, cool!
2: So here we are. We just we're now in the most like we're in the Saints Super Bowl ring ceremony. There's a hundred, you know only Saints staff players and they're wa- getting their Super Bowl rings. And they're walking over to our photo booth with their rings, like, scribbling on their hands, you know, their messages so of love really, to the city. You've so hit,
0: you've hit some sort of a nerve. No. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's been cool, you know. Uh, it's interesting. So we
2: photographed, you know, the Saints, the Hornets, Dr. John. Okay, well, hang on a mayor. minute. So this is the mayor, yeah. this current mayor. Current so mayor.
0: This is for-profit. This, for this is a for-profit. So how visit. are you making any money out of this thing?
2: Well, we now have 2 million views a month and 15,000 fans, so it behooves event planners to dear new orleans presented by xyz sponsors kind of how we play it now so
0: somebody so now someone pays you to come to the bar yeah yeah because it's going to draw people
2: well well lots of things Uh, we do a few different things it's not just about pretty and this is kind of getting into the business side of things but yeah we have this pretty photo that's a good deliverable but we also can we we prove that you know 90 percent of the people that you send an that we send an email to saying thank you from you know, from Patos and dear New Orleans, here's your love note to the city. 90% of people are going to open that email, which is, if you guys are, that's unheard of track. That's unheard of open rates. Cause it's
0: got a photo of me in because it. Cause
2: it's got a f- beautiful photo that, that we're, you know, we're, we're giving to you. Um, uh, and secondly, one and two will change their Facebook profile, which is another goodwill. It's the most democratic move you can do in new media. It, you're not, your friends are basically advertising, our product which is these photographs and, and your and product
4: is 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 your photo of me yeah that's genius you've tapped into people's vanity that's amazing
2: um there there's <laughs> a sense of especially in the times we live in uh, yeah we have we share more now than ever and a big portion of that is a portrait of yourself and right. we just ha- we take it up a notch but that it happens to be you also have a message so we've we've launched your world as well by the way so so do you on, I, I
1: think I, I, I think you really tapped on into something because people who live in New Orleans or are from New Orleans really love New Orleans and they want to show how much they love New Orleans. So yeah. this is a great way to be to get online, oh, online, and get their get their point across. Yeah, in a, in a creative, artful way.
2: It's pretty. It's been a it's been a great ride so far. We've been doing it about a year. Uh, so
0: what's dear world? That's the whole. That's the concept now, of universal, worldwide.
2: Well. Yeah. So we're yeah. running so, a love letter to the world now. Well, it's a message to our future, a message to the world, in which the story, the narrative goes something like this. It began in a city, uh, New Orleans, in which people you know know what it's like to nearly lose something they love. And that's a part of the story that we're going to tell as we you know, try and branch out with a dear world, Portland, and a dear world, Omaha, that mm-hmm. it started here. Mm-hmm. And it started very genuinely with people writing a, a simple message, uh, to the city in the beginning but now uh, the concept is this is that you know, if people love their place in Omaha and Portland and New York City that matters to us here because you know, we're all connected you know, uh, so well, people, we, got- we want to have a, a historical kind of collection of people's love notes to, to whether it's their place or to the world uh, and th- going off that same scalability I think there's some revenue uh, to be made in a, in a good positive way
0: I Well, I hope. making I money is usually positive. I think, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean. as long as you're not ripping somebody off and you're not. So, how so? How's it going? How do you set up, dear? I mean, p- Portland or deer, well, we
2: just launched our first city, dear world, Omaha, Omaha, with a trusted buddy of mine. Right now, okay. it's, we're like super ground floor. I mean, it's. Uh, I in a, I've been in, a, been on my own for a year now, so I'm still learning the ins and outs of trying to run business you know run a nonprofit at the same time so it's growing pains you know I'd like to be able to say we we have it all figured out but right well, now Well, suppose
0: we're someone's listening to this and they live in xyz you know can they how would they start how would if i lived in another city and i'm listening to this i live in you know LA yeah how would i You'd, how would i be the guy that start what, yeah, well, what we're, do I have we do? have an
2: application process and kind yeah. of an, because as much as the pretty photos matter the person, t- I mean, setting up an environment that people feel uh, willing to do it matters too. So the person has to be uh, much like I'm sure what what uh, what uh, Shelly does um, here. You know, your the people who are, represent your brand. You know, you want to make sure they're they're into it 110 percent and the right right thing. So right now we're holding that really closely. You know, so yeah. the the Omaha guy, I know this is a good guy. Right. I know that. He really cares about Omaha, and I know that he can do the work. So,
0: so there's people in every place that love their hometown. I mean, all across America and probably the world for that matter. Yeah, people just love where they come from, where they were born, or where their family comes from, or where or where they moved to for whatever reason. Yeah. So you you really could do this everywhere. Th-
2: that's our play. I mean, perhaps it's perhaps we you know maybe New Orleans is is unique in that we have it's, it's. We like it's,
0: to think we're unique, but. Actually, the people are passionate about where they come. Lots of people.
2: Yeah, I talked to a social scientist about this who wrote a book called "The For, for Love the For Love of Cities," and he said, you know, basically behind human connection, you know, family, friends, and love, the second most real strong human connection is to, to one's place for sure. So yeah, I, think, or, I mean, you see that when you travel it, around, you go to places. Oh, and yeah, I mean, you can see it in sports teams. You can see yeah. it in people. You go to Cleveland, and the Browns. You know, like people. People are behind their mm-hmm. team. So well, what's we're a, trying to make a play like that. What's right? a
4: more basic building block on which to build your identity than where you're from? You know, the yeah. people that you see every day, etc. Oh, yeah, and
2: it goes all the way back to, you know, there's someone down here having a conversation for the first time with a stranger, and what's the first question I'm going to say? Where are you from? Where are you from? Mm-hmm. Where are you from?
0: And you've got a way to make some money out of this thing by the sound? Well, way. I hope so. You've got a business model that...
2: We have, uh, we have something that matters the question, the million dollar question is, can you turn that into revenue? Yeah.
0: I've got the same question.
1: Yeah. but with something like that, do you have to have a major cash flow from the get-go, or is that basically just all IT kind of it's, um, set up it's with a, the you know, website and all that? So You know, it's, um, it's,
2: uh, each city, it's about a $7,000 hard asset expenditure mm-hmm. on, because you have to shoot with the best gear, you have to. So each city is going to cost about 7000 in hard costs to get going. Uh, and then there's some IT and you know obviously some data management expenses, but it's once it's going, it's kind of a service-based. Just having good people mm-hmm. out there hustling.
1: So have you trademarked or patented the idea or copyrighted everything that you need to? So do? we
2: so so a few things um, that we have some weaknesses on is that I certainly can't I can't trademark the idea of someone scribbling a message on their hand and writing mm-hmm. it. Uh, what we've trademarked and service marks are the, uh, in Louisiana, Dear New Orleans, and a love letter to a city, and on the federal level, we have Dear World, and write our future trademark. Uh, but my friends and advisors say, as, as anything, the first to market always wins, you know, so imitation is flattery, you know, no one could do Dear New Orleans here, we, we've set that precedent, someone could do, you could go do a photo shoot and have people write on their hands here in New Orleans, of course, and... But you, people, are gonna call, people are going to call. People are going to say, "Oh, that's a dear New Orleans photograph." <laughs> yeah,
0: no, so, I, that's interesting. I would right. never have thought of that. Shall I I would never thought this. Yeah, so would rip we can't really, off.
2: we can't yeah. really, we can't really protect that other than being, being the best. You know, being the best mm-hmm. at it. And yeah. I think in New Orleans, having the book we have—Chris Paul, Drew Brees, Susan Sarandon—we we've, we we've, we we've, we own our brand here. The question is, can we own it in these other cities?
1: You've definitely given yourself credibility with, yeah. with those those folks. With, you know, so, on your site. Yeah. It's been a big...
2: Cool. It's from a business side it's been one of our biggest... One of the things that I was like, well, I, you know, I, you just you just got to do good work and hope that yeah, soon enough people know that this is a dear world photograph whether or not it's actually ours or not. And I mean, people are ripping off hurricanes everywhere down the street, I'm sure. Or do, have you guys been able to get get no, rid of that? But,
1: well, no. Because it's just... It, it's just... It, but everyone comes here for a hurricane. It.
0: Pat O'Brien's and hurricane is this
1: they didn't protect. Yeah, it is. They didn't protect it in time. Yeah. We have the name, we have the image, the everything that we can. We just don't have a hurricane name protected, yeah. just because they. Well, you can't. It, it's copyright
0: been, the word hurricane, I assume. Can not, you? no, because it's, it's already, already been too. To a drink. Well, it's they, already
1: been diluted in the marketplace, basically. Right. So it's it's too late. No pun they could intended. have. Right. <laughs> but they're a great. <laughs> Funny Grant. She's a great example, though. Is that,
2: where do you go to get a hurricane? You go to Paddle yeah, I mean, right. and people,
1: you're the best, and you don't, you're, you're not, you're not. You're, you don't worry about it. Also. You don't really worry about all the other ones because you know that you're, you're the best, and and you know that you're the on the forefront. And yeah. your friends are right. You're you're on the forefront. You are the best. You're the ones You're the you're the guy that came up with it.
2: Yeah. So that that's kind of how we're going. Yeah.
1: Do you have a logo? oh uh, yeah, yeah, we have we yeah.
2: have we we have identities. And, and all what's all the site
0: called? Is it DearWorld.com? or Dot, Deer,
2: dearworld.com? Me. dot me. Yeah. What does M-E stand for? Uh, we're making a bet, too, that uh, .me will become a, a more important uh, URL ender in the next five years, given the... F- given well, the
0: you're a very interesting person, I have <laughs> to say. You've got some... I mean, that's the third original idea you've come up no, with No, that's today. not original. That's just... That's .me. Just .me. I haven't, have you guys heard .me? No, it's I actually
2: have not. The, it's, after, it's actually the country URL for Macedonia. Wow. Yeah, so, it's, a uh, yeah, it's a
0: Macedonian web address. Uh, however... I don't even know where, where
4: Nebraska is, let alone... <laughs> so well, did you, did you pick that to be uh, different like that, or was .com already taken?
2: DearWorld.com is owned by Microsoft. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh.
4: Okay.
0: That's brilliant. <laughs> it's parked. Oh. Now it's parked.
2: So they don't use it, right? They may give it to us once you know. Really? Once we're big enough. Um, oh. yeah, they yeah, they might come, come to and sign a check big enough to yeah. them yeah. probably. <laughs> But, but well, so the, the alternative was dearworld.me, but we're making a bet that as we become, as every, you know, everyone becomes more. Uh,
0: Macedonian. Pers-
2: personal brand oriented in terms of, you know, we're all going to have uh, RobertFogarty.com. Well, we're moving towards a space where RobertFogarty.me is. Is going to be where people go to find out personal information on on. So, dot so me
0: meaning, meaning dot, me yeah the, me yeah yeah yeah. So, so dear world,
2: since we do these. Macedonia
0: is going to be the most the, the yeah you know get the most benefit they're, out they're, out they're of not going to know what hit them
2: yeah
4: well yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> give yeah. them a warning. This is Heads what up. we should be should buying an apartment in Macedonia is what we should do
2: get <laughs> yeah. real you know, estate. in you know Macedonia. What's, <laughs> what's funny is my buddy Tung. who is Tung. One, Tung yeah Tung name Lee yeah Tung Lee is a Vietnamese kid here in town T U N G yeah T U N G. But he has tongue tongue.ly okay. Uh, tongue.ly, which uh, he's worried because that's Libya. <laughs> oh! And they shut down oh, the internet. He lost his he lost his website for a couple of days because of the Libyan government, you know, like that's shut down great. the internet. Well, what's the what's the <laughs> politics of Macedonia? Uh, just, I hope we're stable in Macedonia.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope so. I don't know much about Macedonian politics. I don't have so. no clue either. Do you know where it is? Even? No. We should find that out. Jack, well, that, we're going to make you a, do a song. Yeah, Grecian or, to, that's or okay.
1: Egyptian or something. I hate to sound ignorant, <laughs> but it's something. You're no more
0: ignorant than the rest of us who don't know where it is. You should know where it is. You're the Macedonian web address. <laughs>
1: no,
2: guy. I just bought the Are
0: uh, oh, you did? <laughs>
2: yeah, no, that's all. Oh,
0: we'll have to go to you. You can go
2: out. buy, let's go buy you your. your
0: GrantMorris.me. Grant me. Okay. I'm sure it's a bad available. idea. Is it seven bucks or something like that? Yeah, ten bucks.
4: Okay, I can
2: do that.
0: Even I can afford that. Jack, we're going to get out of here a minute, but before we do, what are you playing?
4: I'm playing a brand new song that's so new that I have to have the lyrics in front of me. Awesome. It's called uh, I Haven't Snapped. Sort of fits in with that hurricane theme, I guess. Yeah. At least by the title alone. I Haven't Snapped.
5: I Haven't Snapped. <laughs> words upon words, our favorite game. Let's drop them to see where they scatter. Trading it up for the value of names For an audience that doesn't matter Back and forth passing the mantle of blame Taking more pride as a tatters. Only to find now I'm left with the same
4: Only older,
5: more jaded and sadder No, I haven't snapped I've shattered It's as lonely as you'd guess When you've made it your address At the end of the road that's less travelled I was only at my best When I outclaimed so much less Finding comfort on some warm spot of gravel memories attest to the price of the obsessed past the pale mane i can see them from my saddle i can't begin to clean the mess and i can't help but to confess there was never a thing that a battle and that i haven't snapped i've unraveled I got nothing left in me and so far to go. I got nothing left in me and so far to go. I got nothing left in me and so far to go. I got nothing left in me and so far to go. I got nothing left in me and so far to go. Ooh.
0: Okay, Jack. Hey, Jack Lock. From the Jack Locke Rock Show and Sick Like Sinatra, a brand new song I haven't snapped. Is that coming up on anything? Um,
4: yeah. Yeah, it's, I've been working on this album for about a year now, and once I stop getting so many
0: shows, I will actually finish this album. Okay. Well, there's a link to, uh, to your stuff on our site <laughs> yeah. as well. Thanks so much for joining us here today mm-hmm. on, on Happy Hour, Jack. And for both Thanks those very, happens. very different songs and your whole different sh- for all the different shades of your career. Right. It will be interesting to go <laughs> and check that out. Shelly Wag back. Thank you so much for being here as well. Thank you for for having me. And for having us in this beautiful room upstairs. Thank you so much. On top of Pat O'Brien's. Robert Fogarty. Very, very interesting person. Wouldn't you say, folks? Absolutely. Absolutely. Making a huge (laughs) difference. We're so glad you moved to New Orleans. Thank you very much for coming here and for everything you're doing. For, for us here in New Orleans and there's a link to, uh, to your stuff on our site as well thank you very much for joining us for this hour of Happy Hour our producers are Melinda Hawes and Trish Kaufman our executive producer is Tanya Castellanos our consultant producer is Ali Duffy and Mitch Cry is our technical director Christian Anru is our music director and our web designer and link to the real world here on It's New Orleans is Cliff Brigden our theme song is written and is being played right now by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on the show, if you can sit upright and speak English and stay sober for an hour, we'd love to have you. Drop us a line at itsneworleans at gmail.com. Our show has been recorded live today at Pat O'Brien's on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. You can find all out about Pat O'Brien's by clicking the link right there on our website as well. You can check out our other happy hour shows on our website on the, under podcasts, and also check out our other show, Psych Ward. Lots of psych wards and happy hours for you to check out. I'm Grant Morris. We'll see you back here next time on Happy Hour. Bye. Bye.